Hola, my beautiful humans. This is Jasmine Castillo, and I bring stories and cases from the people of color community, bringing awareness of murdered and missing indigenous women, girls, two spirits, the LGBTQ community, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, Pacific Islander, Black Indigenous people of color. These are their stories. So, welcome to Hands Off, my podcast. Part 2, Hispanic Heritage, Du Se Nombre, Our Nameless. Hispanic Heritage, it doesn't just stop for this month. It's an everyday, every moment of our lives that these lost loved ones are on our mind. And it's not just one heritage or one race is more important than the other. That is far from the truth. The reason for these National Heritage Month events is to bring more light and awareness in regards to people of color that are not being recognized. Media has always seemed to find a way to overlook people of color, specifically our missing and our lost loved ones. It gives me so much honor and pleasure to partake in at least keeping their names in the forefront. It is a bittersweet collaboration as a true crime podcaster, as well as being a woman of color. I do not take joy in having to tell the ending of their tragic outcomes, but I am optimistic in knowing that talking about how they got to end up in such a lonely place. Someone is out there to fit the pieces of who they were and to bring them home and to give them a resting place. Here are my last six featured stories of Hispanic Heritage episode. Baker County John Doe On September 5, 1995, a dog went out running in a wooded area along Lewis Colvin Road and State Road 121 in McLeany, Florida. He returned to its owner a human skull. Then, a few days later, around September 15th, the dog brought back a human femur. Authorities were never able to pinpoint exactly where the remains were found. No teeth were recovered and no evidence of trauma was present. No root structure indicates either he lost his teeth a long time ago or he was indentulous from birth. He is currently undergoing testing by the DNA Doe Project. Subsequent DNA comparison determined the bones to be from the same individual. Authorities estimate that the remains have been in the woods for approximately six months after the man died, putting his death sometime in early 1995. At first, the forensic anthropologist who examined the remains determined they were from a white male over 25 years of age. Yet, just recently, in September of 2022, it was revealed that he was of Hispanic ancestry and had ancestral ties to Colombia. Even though they were able to confirm his ancestry, there isn't a rendered drawing of him created. Lack of records and inongamy presents challenges for the team working on his case. New Britain Jane Doe on October 11, 1991, New Britain Jane Doe was found deceased near railroad tracks on Myrtle Street in New Britain, Connecticut. Her badly decomposed body 
was found near this area between Grove and Booth Streets in a garbage bag across from what used to be the Fafner Bearing Company. She died of a gunshot wound to the head. Investigators estimated she was dead for three weeks to four months before she was found. Gwinnett County John Doe This John Doe is also known as Buford Doe from Buford, Georgia and Gwinnett County. On July 21, 2015, a water crew clearing the wooded area found Buford's partial skeletal remains. They were contracted by the Buford Sewer Authority and they were clearing brush between sewer covers when they saw a skull. More specifically, 30518 Buford, Georgia in Gwinnett County. The area was Satellite Boulevard and Buford Highway. And NamUs created a profile on July 31st of that year. Now, February 22nd, 2017, a new rendering of Buford is released by Georgia Bureau of Investigation forensic artist Kelly Lawson. Now, if you're not familiar with Kelly Lawson, she is an Atlanta native. She is the daughter of Harry Lawson, a former battalion chief with the city of Atlanta Fire Department, and her mother, Marla Lawson, which is a highly esteemed first-ever forensic artist for the state of Georgia. And so, based on her artist impressions, Kelly began to work on skull reconstructions on and off. March 3, 2017, a second search was done by the Gwinnett County Medical Examiner. They found four bones that belonged to Buford. Now, investigators theorized that the Buford John Doe had been part of a contractor crew that had worked on the subdivisions in that area. Again, on September 19, 2018, there was another image rendered and released. Forensic artist Kelly Lawson did 100 hours for a three-dimensional skull reconstruction of John Doe. Now, even though that this case is considered cold, it is currently open. The DNA Doe Project added Buford, or Gwinnett County John Doe, to their program on January 30, 2022. Gwinnett County John Doe's body was skeletonized, and so less information about him is known. One or more limbs, including hands, were never recovered at the scene. However, they did recover a fully intact skull. Buford did have teeth and had dental work done, multiple composite fillings, and one root canal involving a tooth in the lower jaw. It was also determined that Buford had been in this location for several years. Estimated time frame of death was between 2011 and 2014. What made it even more harder is that Buford did not have clothing or accessories and no identifying features. Yet, Buford was identified as a Hispanic Latino his DNA matches indicate he's likely of Mexican descent. It is essential to note that hair color, eye color, skin color, nose shape, and lips will all be estimated. Originally, his race was listed as white. His age range was between 20 years old to 40 years old, and his height could have been between 5 feet 3 inches and 5 feet 7 inches. They were not able to identify a cause of death, and there were no apparent signs of trauma or foul play. 
if you have any information in regards to Buford John Doe, also known as Gwinnett County John Doe, you can contact the GCPD detectives at 770-513-5300 or Crime Stoppers at 404-577-TIPS. You can also visit the Crime Stoppers website. The Crime Stoppers tipsters can receive up to $2,000 for information leading to an arrest and an indictment in this case. Pima County Jane Doe, also known as Tucson Jane Doe. On November 1, 1979, alongside a road, Pima County Jane Doe body was dumped along the side of this road, which was 10 miles southeast of Tuscan off the intersection of Highway 83 and Old Sonoira Highway. It appeared she had died at a different location. Pima County Jane Doe is believed to be between 17 and 22 years of age. She was 5 feet 6 inches and 116 pounds. She had black hair and had possibly dyed her hair an auburn color within two months of her death. Jane Doe is believed to be of either Hispanic or Native American descent. She died hours prior to her discovery. Her body showed raised keloid tissue and scarring along her scalp, left arm, both thighs, and neck. There are no information publicly available regarding her cause of death, and she still remains unidentified. If you have any information regarding the identity of this 1979 Pima County Jane Doe, you are encouraged to contact the Pima County Sheriff's Office at 520-351-4900. Miss Stardex Miss Stardex is also known as Jane Doe Spartanburg, South Carolina, 2011. This Jane Doe is named for the Stardex Mill Village in South Carolina. Either on October 25th or 26th of 2011, there's a little bit of discrepancy on the day that she was found. NamUs lists her on the 26th. However, article resources mention her on the 25th being found. From NamUs list, it identifies two teens were looking for scrap metal who found the remains. This teen lifted a couch and found the skeleton underneath a tarp. Unfortunately, it was so close to Halloween, he first mistook the skull for decoration. The teen returned home and got help. Now, it's a little unclear if the residents called law enforcement right away or if they went and all looked at the teenager's discovery first. The location of this couch and tarp was in this wooded area behind the South Main Street home in the Stardex Mill Village in Spartanburg County, 25 feet into the wooded area and about 75 feet from the back of the nearest home. The nearest highway to her was Highway 290 in Stardex. Once law enforcement was contacted, the Spartanburg County coroner stated that there was items inside the couch on top of Jane Doe he had to individually remove and photograph. And one of the conclusions is that the items had manufacturing codes that could help tell them when she had been placed there. In the afternoon, a forensic anthropologist from the Charleston County Coroner's Office 
drove up from the coast to assist officers. Stardex remained where she was for the night. On October 27, 2011, Stardex was moved into the morgue, and the examination began. First, her bones were cleaned and examined. This is when they identified her bones to be female. During this time, at the body site, investigators continued to dig, hoping to find more evidence. And as the years went by, with cold case investigators from the Spartanburg County Sheriff's Office, were able to connect all open cases except Stardex. There is a piece of information that could help the case, but investigators did not want to share that in case of compromising the case. Later in a news story, they released that the investigators knew the cause of death, but it was being kept unknown to the public for reasons, so as not to ruin the case. October 29, 2011, Sheriff Chuck Wright announced the remains would be treated as a homicide case. On December 26, 2011, there was an article ran by thegroupstate.com about Stardex. They were able to identify her DNA from her femur bone and sent it to the University of North Texas. Several exclusions have been made on NamUs based on this DNA and her dental records. Law enforcement have talked with Carolinas and Georgians about missing person cases that might match Stardex. And at that time, Stardex remained at the morgue, hoping her name will be found and her case solved. Between the days of February 18th through the 20th of 2012, Stardex's face sketch was released, which earned seven leads. An FBI-trained sketch artist from the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division did the work with information from the investigators, plus a forensic anthropologist and a forensic dentist. The artist took putty and molded it around the skull to help create the face. So the skin tone, the nose, and the lips are estimated. On June 29, 2019, the Doe Network add Stardex to their system with information about her discovery and body condition. They updated her weight and assumed to be of average build. On the Doe Network and the coroner's office, They've outlined that her injuries could have been caused by a seatbelt in a vehicle accident three to eight weeks before her death because of a healing fracture on her sternum. Maybe she suffered from a thoracic outlet syndrome, which would cause pain and numbness to the forearm and hands. Miss Stardex had one and a half inches long auburn hair that was dyed. Stardex's natural hair was brown. According to news, residents who saw the remains said she did not have hair or clothes, a single earring laying by her head indicating that she had pierced ears. It had a golden stem and a red stone. Miss Stardex's age is ranged between 40 years old to 55 years old. Her height at 5 feet 5 inches estimated. Her race was identified as white, black, or Hispanic, and possibly uncertain. Though the newspapers and some coverage say she is white, this also means specific communities might not get news about Miss Stardex. Later, genealogy testing found her ancestral ties to the southeastern United States and Puerto Rico. 
Investigators are aware of what dental work Stardex has done, and 85% of her teeth were still intact, according to scientists. On May 11, 2020, DNA Doe Project takes Stardex on into the program. Stardex still needs to reach her donation goal of $5,778, and a donation button is available on her page. If you have any information about who Miss Stardex is, please contact the investigating agency Spartanburg County Sheriff's Office at 864-503-4500. Roberto, also known as Lenawee County John Doe. This one is by far the craziest case I've heard. And the reason being is that it was classified as a homicide. It was closed and then reopened again. November 19, 1997. Roberto was found by a local farmer preparing to harvest. And the location is Blissfield Township, Michigan, Lenawee County, west of Corey Highway, north of Carroll Highway in Section 22 of Blissfield Township. The location was a cornfield and his body was approximately 50 feet from the roadway. It was noted that significant animal and insect activity has damaged his body, and he was not wearing any clothes, and police believed he had laid there for over a week. A few days later, between November 20th and 21st of 1997, Michigan State Police detectives investigated and also provided a story to the Daily Telegram. After two years of investigating, who Roberto was, the case grew cold. In January 11, 2002, The Blade runs an article about Lenawee County John Doe, who was found in 1997. It highlighted that the Michigan State Police are reopening the unsolved homicide. However, the sergeant at the time would not reveal what information came forward that unthawed the case. The tips did not disclose the victim or suspect's identity, but indicated the death was related to drugs. The police also believed he was a native of Toledo, Chicago, Texas, or Mexico. On December 8, 2016, Detective of MSP's Monroe gives a minor update to the Daily Telegram. The tip about the victim's name came with an initial investigation. However, based on new information, the state police searched the Ottawa River in Toledo to obtain further evidence. And I do believe this is how he got the name Roberto. Now, on February 6, 2017, Local 23 runs an article about the cold case again. The Michigan State Police, Federal Bureau of Investigations, and Northern Ohio Violent Crime Task Force reinvestigate the case. They believe Roberto is from McAllen, Texas, and he was married with children. They think he had been going to Chicago, Toledo, Ohio, or Michigan. This John Doe was driving an older blue or black Ford Taurus when he was murdered in Michigan. On February 6, 2017, the Monitor ran an article with some updated information. The FBI believes that he is from Rio Grande Valley of Texas, and they go to the newspaper with the information. They think the family might not know that Roberto is deceased. They announced at the time that they were looking for an associate of Roberto, 
called Belon, who drove a 96 red Jeep Cherokee and was also from McAllen, the Texas area. Belon may have worked or owned an auto service shop, and at the time he would have been around 30 years old. Now, Belon means hairless or bald in Spanish, but it can also be a common last name. Now, in 2017, McAllen police did not find any missing persons from there that match Roberto's description. It is possible Roberto and his family were undocumented immigrants, rumored that the family searched in Chicago for him. And in December 5, 2019, DNA Doe Project created an active case for him. Roberto, or Lenawee County John Doe, was age-ranged between 20 to 40 years old. And on NamUs, there is a sketch available for his face that has been done from a witness interview. The drawing supposed to be of Roberto identifies him as white or Hispanic. The description includes that his skin is of a light complexion. There were no scars or tattoos. His height is about 5 feet 8 inches, estimated 150 pounds, and he was laying underneath a layer of snow at the time of his discovery. Now, according to other sources, that his head and hands were missing, and they were purposefully severed. Investigators have posted in and out with comments underneath the DNA Doe Project's posts, and according to the investigators, his death was allegedly a result of or over drugs. They also explained that the investigators did not want to share how they got the tip about Roberto, but they explained that Roberto may have been an alias. It mentioned in other comments that Roberto may have been a Mexican national with two daughters in elementary at the time. There is limited information on Belon, who is possibly a witness or the last person seen Roberto. And this person, Belon, perhaps he never went to Chicago with Roberto. The witness who provided the description of him and Roberto apparently knew details about Roberto living in a white-colored house. Maybe Roberto trusted this witness enough to drive him to his house and possibly to Belon's auto shop where he saw him. If you know of any information regarding Roberto, also known as Lenawee County John Doe, or any additional information, please contact the Michigan State Police 1st District Cold Case Team at 313-407-9379. I will have all this information in the show notes. The right DNA match could assist with solving any one of these cases. We encourage our followers and supporters to consider uploading to GetMatch as any person could be the right match to solve a cold case. If you haven't taken a DNA test or don't wish to upload to GetMatch, you can still celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month by assisting with our mission. All John and Jane Doe's have loved ones missing them. You can help by sharing the stories of these 12 John and Jane Doe's. In spite of the challenges, our team never gives up on a case. Hundreds of volunteers are dedicated to each Doe no matter how remote the possibility of solving their case may be. 
We thank each and every one of our followers for their support as our team works to restore the names of every doe. Thank you for listening to Hands Off My Podcast. If you are enjoying the podcast and you'd like to support the mission, I do have a Patreon membership that will help the cause and bring more detail on cases and stories from the people of color community. If you yourself has a lost loved one or a story suggestion, please don't hesitate to contact me at email. Handsoffmypodcast at gmail.com And if you are only able to support in another way, please give this podcast a 5-star rating on Apple or Spotify and continue to listen to upcoming episodes every Thursday, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Dios te bendiga.